Washington football team takes a loss to the Arizona Cardinals, and the entire NFL is ravaged by injuries. All that and more on this episode of What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Chalk Talk. As we know, the Washington football team is now 1-1 one one after suffering a loss to the Arizona Cardinals. And I have to say, I think everybody collectively as fans of the Washington franchise kind of needs to take a deep breath because I have seen some wild reactions on the internet. And probably if you look at my Twitter feed, I might be a little guilty of it too. I'm not going to lie. But we all kind of got to remember who this team is and where it's possibly going. So we're still a very young franchise, fr- football team franchise and a lot of very young players. So when you go against a quality opponent in the Arizona Cardinals, which we'll get into here in a second, you get exposed a little bit. So I think coming off the 27-point rally against the Eagles, who by all notions seemed like they would be a good team, um, we thought maybe we had something a little bit more than what we really do. And... I think now, if anything, it's more like how bad are the Eagles because they lost again to the Rams, and I'm not sure Carson Wentz is really the guy. Um, I've never really been sold on Carson Wentz personally. I think he was more of a system quarterback. You hear that all the time, system quarterback, whatever. But I think he's got something in his mind where he can't go as well when he's got a backup that might take his job. I mean, we saw what Nick Foles did to him when he got injured and, you know, has a statue outside of the stadium. And I think now that Jalen Hurts is there in Philadelphia, he's got something in the back of his head that's causing him to take more risks. And I just don't think um, Carson Wentz is the guy in Philadelphia anymore. So I really think that loss to the Washington football team is more of a testament to them, more so than what we possibly can be. Now, I think there was a lot of great takeaways and we covered all that last week. But as far as what we saw this week in week two, We saw a team that has a lot of work to do, particularly offensively. Um, There are still some concerns, same concerns I addressed last week on the defense. The safety position is a problem. Troy Apke is not the guy, and I'm sorry. I got nothing against him personally, but he's just not the guy. He's We got to do something about that. I've seen some people throw the idea that putting Kendall Fuller at free safety when he returns from injury, and I don't think that's it. I think that's a bad idea. We signed that man to play corner, and he should play corner. But I think you need to uh, put Cam Curl there, you know, the other uh, the rookie on the team to see what he's got. Or maybe go get an Earl Thomas or a HaHa Clinton Dix to help in the secondary because the longer Apke's there, the more frustrated LC uh, Landon Collins is going to get. And it's just going to cause the defense to suffer. No, how, no matter how great your pass rush is, you can see when you have a quick uh, twitch quarterback and a Kyler Murray who can get the ball out in you know, 1.2 seconds, Pass rush don't really mean much then. So I think that is still a big problem. But ultimately, the story of week two is the offense um, and the lack thereof. You know, shout out to Terry McClure. And this man is just a machine and was somehow able to scrap together 125 yards and a touchdown. But other than that, really not much to speak of. I thought Antonio Gibson did a lot of good things. You know, he broke off a couple of big runs, scored his first touchdown. J.D. McKissick shows his explosion and his limited touches. But ultimately that's it i mean there's not much more to speak of um and of course as the quarterback haskins is seeing a lot of that blame and there's two sides to that coin you know part of it is rightfully so you're the quarterbacks is the national football league 
no one really cares whether or not you have weapons. You know, it, it, it's National Football League stands for not for long. But also, it's really, really hard to judge Haskins and what he can possibly bring to this team when he has no weapons at all. No help whatsoever. And let's not even talk about that offensive line. The offensive line is garbage. An offensive line that also saw its best player, Brandon Sheriff, go down with injury, who will now be out for a couple weeks, which we'll touch on here in a little bit. But he was maybe the silver lining, and he wasn't even playing that great. So when you look at what is protecting Haskins and what he has the chance to throw to to help him make a play, it's just not there. So it's hard to really say he doesn't get, he can't do it, he can't have it. And then here's where it gets really confusing for a lot of people, I think, you know, the Twitter GMs everywhere, is that you see a guy like Justin Herbert who literally found out 10 seconds before the kickoff that he was going to start, comes in, throws two touchdowns, 310 yards, and you're think, sitting there thinking, like, this guy's a rookie. He had no offseason. He had no OTAs. How can he do that? Must be Haskins' fault. No, that's not the case. You know, Justin Herbert has Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, you know, explosive offensive players around him, a somewhat good offensive line. I mean, I know they lost Pouncey and all those other injuries that they've had to that team too, but ultimately he has effective veteran weapons to throw to. The The closest thing we have to a veteran for the Washington franchise is Dante Inman. And like, I mean, that's all I can say about that is like, what is that? That's not anything to write home about. He is a journeyman veteran. Um, so it's really, really difficult to say, you know, Haskins needs to play better, blah, 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 blah. Now, his accuracy can be better for sure and a lot of other things. But when you have no time because your pocket is collapsing, when you have no real weapons open that you can trust and get the ball to, it's hard to judge that. Now, all that being said, if the season ends and we have two wins and somehow we are either the first or the second pick of the draft, do I think it's going to matter? No, I don't think it's going to matter. I don't think anyone is going to step up and say, well, excuse me, you know, his offensive line was really bad and he didn't really have a tight end and his wide receivers weren't that, they're not going to care. They're just not. It's just not how it works. If you're in the first pick of the draft, if we end up with number one, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the quarterback of the Washington football team. It's just that's what's going to happen. But, you know, if we're in the middle to late first round, then he's good. I think, you know, we just need to win a couple games to show that we can do it. Then we can draft him a stud offensive lineman, you know, a left tackle. We need that. We need to go get another offensive lineman in free agency then get a tight end. You know, we, we have a lot of help that we really need. So I understand where people are easy to jump the gun and blame the quarterback. And again, like I said, rightfully so. That's the nature of the position. But ultimately, I think we all need to remember that it is a team sport and he needs to be able to have some help in order to truly evaluate him. But once the season's over, it's a results-based business. So if we're the first pick, we're going to have a new quarterback of this franchise. And I hate that because uh, I'm a Haskins guy. You can ask anybody. I'm a true believer in his arm talent. You can't teach that. You can teach a lot of other things about the position, how to read progressions, how to do a lot of different things. You can't teach leadership, and you cannot teach arm strength. And he has both of those by the boatload. So I'm rooting for him, and we'll see how it goes as we progress through the season. We'll keep reporting on it and see how it turns out. But it's clearly stated that I want him to win the job. But come – 
draft time, if we are the first pick, you'll probably see an episode on here about how I'm excited about the new quarterback because that's just the nature of the NFL. But all that being said, I think this week, again, is another big test. Who would have thought? The Cleveland Browns, a big test. Jeez, a mosey. But, you know, the Browns are weird. They're a lot like Washington. They're a team that's good and a team that's bad. You know, they it just depends on who shows up. If the team that showed up last week for the Browns shows up, the team that played Thursday night against Cincinnati shows up on Sunday against Washington, we're in trouble for sure. I mean, Miles Garrett is already going to just dominate this offensive line. We already know that's that's a given. We're not stopping Miles Garrett. But if Baker Mayfield can actually play like the Baker Mayfield that I've always kind of thought he can be, and Odell actually catches like he can definitely catch, if they get in sync, oof, we could be in trouble in that one too. But the last thing I'll say about this week's game is I think the Cardinals are the real deal, man. I really do. Um, I was not a big fan of Kyler Murray coming into the NFL. I thought he was too small. I thought um, he was more of a college player. You know, all the typical thoughts that everyone had about him. But the one thing about being small, I thought, you know, he was going to get hurt. It's hard to get hurt if no one can touch you and no one can touch him. That man is elusive on a level I have never seen since Michael Vick, really. He reminds me of like a little mini Michael Vick, like a little Mighty Mouse out there running around, just just making fools out of people. And he has a cannon for an arm. So Cardinals, they got something cooking over there because, you know, they got an offense that is just full of weapons. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is the elite of the elite. Larry Fitzgerald never, ever literally drops a pass. And now you got, you know, defense with Chandler Jones and they, they can make some noise. So I'll be very interested to see the Cardinals turn out. So it's going to, it's not a bad loss by any means. It's not a bad loss, but it's one that um, I think we'll look back and be like, dang, yeah, the Cardinals, they were good. Now, another thing I want to touch on real quick, I thought was crazy about week two in the NFL were the injuries. We already talked about Brandon Sheriff going down, which selfishly my first thought to him was like Ooh, probably should have signed that contract that we offered you this offseason but thankfully it's not a torn uh mco or anything like that he will probably go to ir for a couple weeks because now with new ir rules anyone can go to ir you can come back it's like that oprah gift it's like you go to ir you go to ir everybody goes to ir so he'll probably go to ir for a little bit which is good for Cam Sims, he'll be activated to the active roster for the washington football team permanently you know he's been brought up two weeks in a row but now he'll stay, so that's good. But some other notable uh, injuries, obviously, to me, the most notable of them all, Saquon Barkley. Uh, me and Chu were talking about this, and I feel for Saquon on a personal level. Like, I never – let's get this clear. I never want to see injuries to anybody. Like, I'm not going to actively root for someone to get hurt. That's just terrible thinking from a personal perspective. But from a fan perspective, when you see someone on the Giants that is that integral to their offense go down, a little part of you is like, ooh, well, now the Giants suck because that's all they have. So it's good for the Washington franchise in the sense that now you don't have to worry about signing, I mean, uh, getting Saquon down. But they did, or at least news is reporting that they're going to sign Devontae Freeman, who is a quality back. So they'll still have some work to do in that run defense, but it sure is not Saquon Barkley, but that's terrible that he's done for the year. Um, if you have a friend out there, if anyone is stumbling across this channel who is a 49ers fan, you know, my heart goes out to you too because, yeah, you guys got bit by the injury bug unlike anything I've seen in a while. I mean, Nick Bosa out for the year. Jimmy Garoppolo hurt. I think he's only going to be limited. Um, you know, he'll be able to come back. But the Nick Bosa one is massive 
for them. Um, Rakeem Morissette, who had that huge, like, 80-yard run right off the jump of the game out, you know, uh, sprained MCL. So a lot of crazy injuries for them particularly. Another really notable one, I thought, obviously, is uh, run CMC. Christian McCaffrey is now hurt, high ankle sprain, which if anyone can tell you, a high ankle sprain ain't no joke, man. Ankle, especially for a running back. It isn't, it's not as easy to come back for something like that as you think. Uh, Drew Locke is hurt in Denver. Um, so is Corton Sutton in Denver. You know, this is just, this list is insane. Devontae Adams in Green Bay, hamstring. Malik Hooker in Indianapolis. Is, you know, Achilles tendon. Ooh, I just now saw that. That's, that's terrible. That's a rough one to come back from. Byron Jones in Miami. I mean, this is a Tyrod Taylor. That Tyrod injury is bizarre. I mean, he got hurt, like, chest pain right before the game. I don't know what's going on with that, but that's wild. And then, the, the, I mean, my finger's getting tired scrolling. So this list is insane. I just wanted to bring note to that because I've never seen anything like that in the NFL where just that many people. It was, like, dropping like flies, man. Going into the Washington game, I was just, like, praying, like, please keep us safe and protected. Because if there's one thing that we all know as Washington fans, we have been bitten by the injury bug probably worse than any franchise over the last four years. So for us to come out relatively unscathed was great. I mean, I know we lost Brandon Sheriff for a little while, but he didn't. It's not season ending. So, you know, it's just crazy. So I just wanted to put that, you know, prayers out to all those guys who are hurt, going through rehab. Um, like I said, I never am going to root for actively for an injury. It can benefit us as fans, but as people and, um, you know, just watching the game, and you got to remember that these are just regular old guys doing their job, and you hate to see that go down. And this is all because no preseason. You know, everyone's been advocating for forever. Preseason games are boring. Preseason games don't need them. This is what happens when you don't have preseason games. People just drop like flies. You know, they haven't been hitting. They haven't had the contact. They haven't been going full speed, so they're just dropping. So, I think if anyone ever thought, well, now this is going to be the new model. There'll be no preseason games. No, that ain't going to happen. They're going to be bringing they're going to bring preseason games back. OTAs are going to be coming back once they get this whole, um, you know, pandemic stuff sorted out. Because it's clearly evident that the lack of play leading up to the actual physical season is causing problems. But that's all I got for y'all today. I appreciate you stopping by. Don't forget to like and subscribe on your way out. Tell your friends. Come back. Check us out on social media. And, you know, I'll be putting out week recaps every week of the Washington football games. And if anything else crazy happens in the NFL, I'll be sure to report on that as well. As always, I appreciate you stopping by. Tune back in for the next episode of Chalk Talk. Talk.